Well, good morning and praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's give Jesus Christ our best praise. Come on, everybody, shout unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the day the Lord has made. Come on, one more time, let's rejoice. Give God our praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in God's presence. I'm excited to be here today. Am I by myself? I'm excited to be here. Today we're going to continue uh, our Advent preaching. It's the fourth Sunday of Advent. On today, we get to talk about the peace of God. The peace of God that we know surpasses all understanding. I'm a chill man. I'm just going to make yeah, that's cool if you can get it. <laughs> Working through a few technical things uh, here. I'm excited if you would join me in Luke chapter 2. I'm excited to preach there. I'm going to let you get that. I'm going to get my microphone situation together. Tell a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few, but I, I wouldn't tell them in church, so <laughs> it should be good. You got me? Do me a favor, everybody. Come on, lift your cup up before the Lord. And would you humbly say, fill my cup, Lord, and let it overflow. I don't know when you're going to check in and when you're going to check out on my sermon today. So I want you to hear this. It's very important to me that you know before I love you. Listen, check this out. Day before Christmas, I love you. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Uh, there's a few things going on. Eric talked about on gift cards for Stop the Violence. We'll reference them in a the sermon. Uh, Eric talked about watch afternoon, <laughs> watch night. And then uh, January prayer. We want to give the year back to the Lord. And someone asked me, uh, will we take January 1st off, New Year's Day? And I'm like, no, <laughs> we're going to show the Lord dedication 6 o'clock next Monday. Uh, the link is there. Meet, me, meet us all on Zoom. Let's pray. The gift of a new year is too big of a gift for us to receive and run off with it like we got this handled. Uh, but so we take the first year of the month and say, God, thank you for March. Thank you for April, May and all of that. Why don't I give this back to you? This is too big. And why don't you lead and guide us through the year? Y'all down with that? Sound like a good idea? So that's what we're going to do uh, next Monday at 6 a.m. Come on, let's pray. Father, in your name, we give you praise, glory, and honor. We thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of your son. The Bible says that in the name of your son, in the name of Jesus, that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, but all things in that name. And so we cherish that name. We, we're excited about that name. We glory in that name. There's power in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that we celebrate the gift that you've given us in Jesus. And so, so much is possible now that Jesus is here and he's in our lives. And God, today we're going to contemplate the peace that comes with the gift of Jesus. So I pray now that nobody leaves the same. That everyone is challenged. Your word enlightens us. It encourages us. It convicts us. It lifts us. But nobody is the same when they hear the word of God. This way we believe you for 
In Jesus' name, come on, give God your best praise. In Luke chapter uh, 2, beginning with verse 8, the word of the Lord says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields, nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Would you look at your neighbor and say, I've got good news. This will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts, of the heavenly hosts, appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, here's our operative scripture today. Here's where we're going to wrestle. Here's where we'll spend our time today. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, the NIV says, to those on whom his favor rests. Could that be me and you? Could that be us? Are they talking to me? Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, other versions say, goodwill to men. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. And today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. And we're all excited about the birth of Jesus. And if you like me, you can't wait to church is out because you got a couple more presents to go get. And <laughs> so today uh, we're rejoicing. Jesus is the gift of God to save all of humanity. We needed a Savior, and God, in his goodness, gave us Jesus. Here's where we were. We were lost, and we could not be found. We were blind, and we had no way of recovering our sight. We were people wandering without a clear sense of direction. We had church fallen, and we could not get up. We were disconnected from God and one another. We had no hope, no love, no joy, and no peace. Who wants to live when and where there is no joy? If there's no laughter, count me out. Who can handle the pain of a life with no hope? If I don't believe in tomorrow, I'm stuck with the reality of today. And if today is not good, I need to believe that it will get better tomorrow. Amen. And finally, who can hope to be productive in a world where there is no peace? Above all things, I know you agree with me, we all need and want peace to prevail. One more time to your neighbor, would you just whisper to him, I need peace. And so the writer writes in Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness, Philippians 4, be evident to all. The Lord is near. That's good news. God is close. And then if God is close, then do not be anxious about anything. But in everything. Catch that. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your situation, your request, your dilemma, your confusion to God. And here's what the writer says. 
and the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Do I have anybody that knows that God has solutions that don't make sense to us? The Bible says that what God would do, what God understands, what God knows that we don't, it will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Is that good news? So then something has just got established in Philippians that a lot of it then is in our minds. The sense of well-being or not, the sense of peace or not, the sense of cool or not. The Bible says, though, that as a man thinketh. So if we were going to heal it, we would need God to heal our hearts and to heal our minds. Come on, everybody, lay your hand on your head and say, God, would you heal my mind? Come on, everybody, Lord, heal my mind. Because I think the victory is in if you heal my mind. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, this is a shift-thinking kind of text. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, the writer says, think about such things. I think they want us to be half, glass half-full people, positive people. Whatever you have learned and received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace be with you. Simply put, the Bible declares that this is our pre-advent condition. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to their own way. Everybody's got a philosophy. Everybody's got a thing. Everybody's got a how-to. And how many of us know our thing will always get us in trouble? And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. That's where we were prior to Jesus but somebody celebrate with me that God saw us there and God had a plan. Can we praise God for that? And today, the fourth day of Advent, it is the execution of God's plan and the coming of Jesus that we celebrate on the last Sunday of Advent. Isaiah put it like this. Here's what Isaiah said. For everybody in that condition that I just described, that pre-Advent condition, Isaiah 9 and 6 said, For unto us a child is born. Unto us, all of us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. But he did not stop there. He also said, Somebody celebrate the Prince of Peace. Come on, celebrate that. The Prince of Peace. So then peace in our lives now is a noteworthy pursuit. You and I are commanded not to stay in places and not to agree with circumstances that do not allow us to have peace. When we find ourselves there, we are supposed to fight for peace, pursue peace, desire peace, hope for peace. 
make, make accommodations for peace, shift for peace, wrestle for peace. Like so here's what the word of the Lord said in 1 Peter. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, do things that establish peace, be humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessings because that's the foundation of peace. Because to this to you, we're called so that we will inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days, we all want that. We all want to love our lives. We all want to value our lives. We want to have more good days than bad days. Amen. We must keep our tongue from, from evil. And our lips from deceitful speech because that does not establish the peace. And the Bible says that they must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. The writer establishes that peace is a noteworthy pursuit. Hebrews 12 and 4 simply says this. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no one shall see the Lord. Look at holiness, the dichotomy, the ratio between holiness, righteousness, and peace. That, that you can't have one without the other, that, but that the result of true holiness, the result of true godliness, the result of true righteousness, hear me, church, that somewhere in there, the evidence should be peace. And we've got to go back and get peace. So I'm, I'm halfway through now. Our flashback in the garden, things were exactly as God had ordered them. Our well-being, our joy, our peace were assured. All of our needs were supplied. The struggles now that we encounter are the price of disobedience and sin. They represent our current fallen state. Now we, you and I, are trying to recapture the things that God made available to us in the garden. In the garden, joy came standard. In the garden, church, peace came standard. Our love was not haphazard. And now today, the fourth Sunday of Advent, we find ourselves in this position, trying to go back and recapture, trying to get our joy back, trying to get our peace back, trying to get our perspective back. What is the definition of peace? It is freedom from disturbance. A place of calm. It is not the absence of trial, but is the spirit that anchors us in trial. It is a state or period in which there is no war, or war has ended. Law and order, order, peacefulness, harmony, accord, amity, goodwill, friendship cordiality. So two weeks ago, you know that we had Anthony Beverly here, and we're collecting gift cards for him. And he was very succinct. Two things he said that stood out to me. One, there's nowhere you can go. There's no such thing as a good neighborhood where the absence of peace can't find you. So everybody wants to move away from trouble. That doesn't exist anymore. There's nowhere you can move. There isn't a zip code that's exonerated from trouble. That's one thing he established. The second thing he established 
is that I believe he said that we can fight back on it. I believe that if we work together, we can go get it back. Am I preaching to anybody that believes that peace is possible? If you believe that peace is possible, let's give God praise because peace is possible. You know what happened on November 5th on the street right behind us. You know what happened on December 3rd on the street right in front of us. Two homicides right around our church and we're sitting in the middle of two homicides. Two young people lost their lives obviously at the hand of gun violence. So we must be a peace depot. God is calling us to cry out for peace. If peace is possible, common ground should lead the way. Amen? We got to win this neighborhood back. Let's start with peace. So peace has two components. Uh, I have a slide here. The first thing is procurement procurement the first component of peace is procurement and the question that all of us have to ask ourselves when we find ourselves and our spirit is disrupted things are chaotic the key question is how do I get it and we have to reconcile this one question is it really attainable because if you're like me, there are days that you're so overwhelmed, you're not sure it's possible. You don't know how to get back to equilibrium. Uh, maybe this is just my plight. Uh, uh, Seems like everybody can get there. Somehow I just can't. So the thing that you have to come to terms with is even if you don't have it, if you're not living it, if you're not experiencing it, but is it attainable? And the answer is yes. Nobody knows exactly how to get it or how to get it back. This peace, this community peace, this inner peace. But we all go for it because we need it. We all hope to live in peace, but to our detriment, we have become too accustomed to the spirit of violence and uprising. Discord has become our norm. We have become calloused in many cases to the plights of our brothers and sisters. Yeah, that's happening way over there, and as long as it don't get here, I'm cool. There's been so much war, so much violence, so much killing, that believe it or not, we're getting used to it, y'all. We know it's wrong, and we want it to stop. But it has become a societal norm. It has been and is disruptive and discouraging. The lack of peace is disruptive and discouraging. But it's happened so much that we have become dismissive. We want to push back. We need to push back. And if you decide, then you have to have an approach, a particular philosophy. You have to decide what would be a good object of peace. 
Where and how and when will I buy in? What will my tactic be? What's the, what do I think the vehicle is? And what do I trust? Those are all questions you'll have to ask yourself when you decide to push back and you want peace. Here's a list that I compiled and maybe you'll find yourself somewhere in the list. If I push back, is my philosophy, my tactic, my trust, my vehicle, is it more money? Is it more life insurance? Will I get there if I have more power? Maybe it's more access, perhaps more influence. I know what it is. Is it the right people getting into office? Is it living in the right neighborhood? Maybe I could just live farther out. Is it, I know what it is, it's the right school system. Is it knowing and being connected to the right people? Is it the right therapist? Is it the right relationship? Is it the right companion dog? I'm going to tell you a story about that. Is it the right church with the right theology? Friday, you all, you all know that last year I had a cancer diagnosis, and so every year I got to go back and... Here's how I say, every year I get to go back and let them tell me I don't have cancer. That's, how I, that's, that's what I get to do. So Friday, I'm in, Thursday, I'm in the office, and you know, man, like, dang, man, I hate being here, right? You know what I'm saying? So I see a gentleman, John. John has a jacket on, something sticking out of his jacket, and he's got this little Yorkshire Terrier. And I'm like, bro, like, what you want, but, you know, do your thing. And... For some reason, like, you know how, like, you smile at somebody, but you're trying to be busy so they don't talk to you, but, but John don't care, right? <laughs> he don't care. He's like, man, how you doing? I'm like, man, I'm in the office to see if I had cancer, I'm, but I don't, so I'm good, but I'd rather not be here, but so, so it's cool. He says, man, but I do have cancer, and I've been fighting it, so now, now, now I can't do my computer thing. I realize this is a God moment for me. You know, I work for God. So let me, let me just bring my little self back to consciousness. And he says, this dog, this dog brings me peace. My Yorkshire Terrier. And he takes the dog out of his jacket and he says, puts him on the floor and says, go sing, go sing. And I'm like, bro, like I ain't the one. I won't be petting people's dogs like that. But... <laughs> But okay, let's, let's, let's work for God right now. And so, hey, little, little, what's his name? What's his name, man? You know, and I'm, I'm fully engaged now. And, and, you know, I let him smell me and all like that. And it's cool. And he goes back and he says, man, I live alone. I've been fighting cancer for 10 years. And he is all I have. He goes everywhere with me. And wherever he is not accepted, I'm not accepted. He's all I have. He is my peace, man. I said, oh, bro. I'm feeling you. And I, and I like, okay, man. I'm preaching Sunday on peace, and you just used the word peace. And I'm like... Like, I'm putting this together, like, God never pushed you. He always pushed you where you are, and sometimes you just have to realize this is God, and, and I'm getting ready to give him the, the speech, and I'm ready to love on him and like that. And I step up, and I say, can I ask you a question? And they say, Kenneth Rush, and I realize, <laughs> I realize that maybe I'm just supposed to, to say this in church. 
And so I'm thinking, like, what brings us to peace? And in the 70s, there was a commercial uh, from Prudential. And do you have that uh, commercial? There was a slogan by uh, Prudential that everybody, in order to have peace, you needed to get a piece of the rock, right? So do we have that? Can we run that? stood still. Since our beginning, we've been there for clients through good times and bad. When our clients' needs changed, we changed to meet them. Through the years when some lost their way, we led the way with new ideas for the financial challenges we knew would lie ahead. This rock has never stood still, and there's one thing that will never change. We are the rock you can rely on. Prudential. Yeah, man, but that ain't true. It sounds good. And so how can you be the rock that will never change? You don't know that. But we do need something that won't change. So Prudential had it right. They just had the wrong rock. So what would I have told John? And I, So all of these, so what's the answer then? Maybe it's all of those things I listed, and maybe it's none of those things. But certainly the therapist and money and all of this can give us measures of peace. But here's the problem. How good and for how long? I mean, I mean what, what happens when I left on Friday, I was hurting because I said, what happens if the Yorkshire Terrier dies? Like, bro, like, that's all you got? Like, I'm down with it, like it's working right now. But, bro, like, I, I, I don't know why God didn't let me throw that at you, and maybe it just wasn't the time, and, and maybe you died before the Yorkshire Terrier, but... But it's cool, but it brings me to the second dilemma of peace, component of peace. There's procurement for sure, but the second one is preservation. So all of those maybe can give you a measure of peace. What happens if your therapist moves or goes out of business? Is that all you got? Like, I'm down with it. I, I think you should. I have a therapist. So, so, so what Luke writes today is there may be a lot of ways to get to procurement, but there are not a lot of answers for preservation. Am I preaching to anybody? Yeah, but what about Preservation. How do you know it will last? And so the key question in preservation is not how do I get it, it is how do I keep it? And it's not is it attainable, but is it sustainable? What happens if the Yorkshire Terrier dies? What happens if Prudential goes out of business? 
Yes, we need a rock, but not that one. How do I keep it? And Isaiah says this, that after Luke writes that that shepherds were on the hill and they went to see this baby and, 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 and then the Bible says glory and goodwill and peace on earth. That you and I now have a formula for not only procurement but preservation and it is this. You will keep in perfect peace. There's the answer. Those whose minds are steadfast Because they trust in you. So is it better zip code? Is it more money? Is it more people? Is it my political person getting in office? It seems like maybe some of that, but the surefire answer is those who trust in God. It looks like that's where we should hang our hat. It looks like that's where we should invest our energy. It looks like that's the best plan. That's the best formula. It is a different rock of sorts. It is a stone that the builders rejected. Now he has become, somebody celebrate me, the chief cornerstone. So as a close, who and what do you trust? Everybody's got a philosophy because everybody's trying to get there. And if you don't have a philosophy, that's your philosophy. Everybody's trying to get there. The Russians are trying to get there. The Joneses are trying to get there. Everybody's trying to get there. The things, the smothers. And part of coming to church and being involved in the body of Christ is part of our system for trying to get there. We we want peace. We want calm. And everybody... trust something and invest in something I have a therapist I hope God works through my therapist I don't believe in my therapist I believe in God working through my therapist I can't because my therapist might move (laughs) but I pray that God would all of these other avenues, maybe none of them are bad if you're trying on God to work through them. Here's the word of the Lord. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Maybe the best plan is just having the favor of God rest on our lives positioning ourselves as best as we know with as pure heart as we have to secure the favor of God. Maybe that's the absolute blessed pan. And the way we give God glory, perhaps the highest glory, is to be, pursue his peace and to be yourself an agent of his peace. Uh, here's a cultural lesson Uh, finish this for me Uh, don't start none so who's heard that you know I do culture so 
So I know I'm black man in white church. Like, how many, if you white, how many of you heard somebody just say, don't start none, what would you say? All right, y'all know. So I need the black people in the congregation to help me. Like, <laughs> what if I said, don't start none? It won't be none, right? <laughs> uh, y'all, well, somebody yell it out. Don't start none, it won't be none. <laughs> if you don't start none, it won't be none. Which means, whatever you start, I'm going to finish. But if you want peace, don't start nothing, and it won't be nothing. But if you start something, it's going to be something. That's a cultural lesson for us. So just don't start nothing. And if you take it upon yourself that I'm not going to start it, I'm going to be an agent of peace, I'm going to let God use me, I won't start nothing, then there's a high probability that there won't be nothing. Jesus in Mark 35, I'm done now. You know the story. They're transitioning to the other side and a storm arises. And they don't know what to do. They're in a storm. The storm outside of the boat has created storms in their hearts and in their minds. And they're out of answers. And for some reason, Prudential is not helping them. And nobody has a Yorkshire Terrier on the boat. And if they had thought, they would have brought a Yorkshire Terrier. And somebody would have checked their policy before they got on the boat. But they're out of it, man. But they do have Jesus. Well, well, they do have Jesus. And all they do is they wake Jesus up. They raise Jesus to a higher level of consciousness, and they make Jesus center stage. So for anybody struggling today with no peace, you could go by a Yorkshire Terrier. I'm not saying that won't work. But maybe you should just raise Jesus. Wake up Jesus. Like he there. He's there already. And you won't have to go find him or buy him. If you're in a storm, he's already there with you. Focus on Jesus. I'm done. I want to pray for you. Um, in the 70s, there's a group, one of my favorite groups, the Shy Lights, came out with a song that said, there will never be any peace until God is at the conference table. Men are running from land to land trying to make things all right, holding meeting after meeting, constantly reaching for what they maybe think is right. Everybody has a plan. Ain't that just like a man? People can't understand, and we got to tell them there will never be any peace until God is seated at the conference table. I'm going to play one minute of that song. I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm done.
can turn it up a little. That's cool. Thank you so much. Come on, let's pray. Everybody lift your hands. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the fourth Sunday of Advent. Thank you for the coming of Jesus. God, as we unwrap the gift that Jesus is, one of the things that assures that we embrace him in the full is that there will be peace on earth and the way we bring you glory is that there will be peace on earth and and, and we can't speak for everybody but because we know Jesus and we understand Jesus we take this position don't start none and if everybody decides that don't start none then we know there won't be none God I believe that Jesus when he spoke peace be still I know he was talking to the wind and the sea, but I wonder if he was also talking to my psyche, to my emotions. Was he also talking to my runaway mind? Was he talking to my fears and my doubts and my confusions? But it is the word of the Lord, and I declare that I've heard your word. Peace, be still. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.